is the 424th episode of the Bowtie Chronicles podcast, the podcast from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution that gives you everything you need to know about the Atlanta Falcons. I'm D. Orlando Ledbetter, the Falcons beat reporter for the AJC. And today's show, we're going to preview the upcoming game by the Falcons uh, against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The Falcons will travel to Tampa and play the Buccaneers at 1 p.m. Sunday at Raymond James Stadium. And to help us get prepared for the game, we're going to have Ira Kaufman, the Pro Football Hall of Fame representative from the Tampa Bay area and the Buccaneers NFL columnist for JoeBucksFan.com. And a longtime columnist at the Tampa Tribune. If you're listening to us for the first time, please make sure to follow the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Bowtie Chronicles from the Atlanta Journal Constitution. Ocean breeze, tropical beach, pina colada. You can buy an air freshener to make your car smell like you're in an oceanside paradise. Or, better yet, you can point your car toward Daytona Beach and come experience the real thing. Visit DaytonaBeach.com to discover all there is to see, do, and enjoy along the world's most famous beach. Daytona Beach, Florida. Beach on. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, before we dive head first into the preview of the Buccaneers, we're going to uh, we're gonna hear from Coach Arthur Smith, Calais Campbell, and Van Jefferson. You know, there's a lot of confusion coming out of that Washington game. Coach tried to explain the decision-making. You know, he gambled. You know, you got to – when you gamble, don't make it. You got to live with the circumstances. Um, the operation, getting the plays in, the timeouts, spiking the ball at the end – uh, that, that those were issues, you know. Turn the ball over, you just you know, can't turn the ball over. They they've had seven in the last three games, uh, two fumbles in London, uh, two interceptions in London, two fumbles against the Texans, and then three interceptions against the Washington Commanders. Here's Arthur Smith on the end of the Washington game. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, Dylan. You know that's the thing. Yeah, you, you look at. Kind of your after action, what happened, you know, why things happened, uh, what's always going to hold true when you make critical errors in this league and you turn the ball over and you're minus three, uh, your chances of winning are pretty low. So how do you shake it out? I think it's been about 6% this year, according to the numbers that, you know, looking at this morning, give or take what it is, right? If you lose the turnover battle, uh, especially just get goes on. So if you're plus three, I think it's like a 94%. You know, it's always changed a little bit here. That's kind of held true for a long time in this game. And we, so we got to do a better job of taking care of the football and finding ways to get, get the ball from the other team. So that's certainly making it hard as you slice it up. You know, you can slice up numbers whatever you want, but that's a that's a critical factor. We've got to eliminate, uh, you know, the operational errors. Again, that hasn't been a trend. We can't let it become a trend, but they happen. And so you have to acknowledge 
it's easy to say what ha- you know you know what happened, why it happened, and what are you going to do to fix it. So those are things you're looking through. All three of them are different. Uh, that's why I said yesterday, you know, it's on all of us, but uh, can do a better job. But uh, we, we got to. It's not all going to be on one person, the quarterback, right? We got to get lined up. Okay, so you're not late in the, in the shot clock, and you can see some of the pressure stuff. And but that's what that's what happened yesterday. And you know, subbing late, trying to get a guy back in there, trying to get the right call. You don't get late on there. And then you got to make a decision to, to burn the timeout. That shouldn't happen either. So those are things we got to fix. Like I said it hasn't been an issue around here, but you have to acknowledge it did happen and it hurt us. And we can't let that become a trend, just like the turnovers. All right. That's Coach Smith. And um, it was a bizarre game. He's been here 38 games, right? Smooth operations. No problems. No uh, timeouts. No 12 men on the field. Real organized operation. And so to see that Sunday, you know, it caught me and Michael Cunningham off guard. Because we was like, hey, this is, uh, you know, these are... You know, high school mistakes, you know, not having the right people on the field, uh, mismanaging the clock when it's clock time. Uh, so so it was whatever happened, uh, specifically, you know, play getting in late, play getting down, trying to change too much at the last minute. Um, you know, sometimes, you know, you don't get the look you want. Uh, he, he mentioned at one point that they put a pressure package in there. They tried to send it back in to block it. No, just run your stuff. Um, I know Matt Ryan used to, you know, have control of the two-minute offense. Just run your two-minute offense. Um, you know, seeing the game with the play, I don't know if the young quarterback can do all that yet. But, yeah, so uh, a lot of confusion uh, at the end of that game. Uh, we haven't seen it. Hasn't happened before, like Coach said, and uh, I think they got enough good coaches on that staff to fix that moving forward. But what you can't have is the interception. Certainly, uh, you know, they made a play on one. Uh, the, the one you can't have is the, you know, you're trying to score, you see the guy in your face, and you throw it uh, to Drake London when you should be throwing it out of the end zone, uh, and, and you don't see the cornerback sitting right there. So we wanted Coach Smith to assess Desmond Ritter's play. You sure you learn a lot. I mean, the thing is that you know he's a very tough-minded guy. I think you guys that deal with him know that you know, he's a real person. I think uh, what you what's endearing about him is he's very honest and he's got a lot of a lot of courage. And like I think that's a big part. Just like I said, I think when you stand up here, it's easy to stand up here when everything's going well. You want to jump in front of the parade, but your job as a head coach, play caller, quarterback's league is to stand in there and so and be accountable. It's not on him, but he is one of the more accountable people I've, I've coached. And so sure, certainly you can say it's growing pains and whatnot. Like I said, Mike, you know, you, you'd love to be able to say, well, passing game is getting a, a lot better, but throw three picks, you know, the end result's not going to be what you want. But that part of our offense is clearly expanding. I think you're trying to be more balanced. I've said it. We've been different from 21 to 22, now in 23. You know, this young core of skill guys as we're trying to continue to evolve and be more balanced, which we think will certainly help us in the long run. We've got to eliminate some of these critical errors. But I think you can't deny the fact that the passing game has gotten a lot better. But we've got to eliminate some of the critical mistakes. And uh, it's refreshing to coach a guy like Des because he is honest, aware, coachable, as, as we all try to be. All right. That's uh, what Coach Smith had to say about Desmond Ritter. 
but uh, you can trust and believe the turnovers keep coming. Uh, we'll be seeing Heineke at some point. Now, uh, we also have the run game. We're going to go over the numbers. Um, Falcons are averaging 119 yards, 10th in the league. Been slowed the last couple games. Uh, so we're wondering if the run blocking has gotten worse this year. And here's what Coach had to say. No. I mean, here's what happens a lot of times. I mean, those guys get paid a lot of money on the other side, too. And so they make a play, you know, we're, we kind of get in some of those three, four, I call ugly runs. And then you obviously start hitting bigger ones later in the game and you, know, you tweak some things or games within the games. But, uh, you know, I think sometimes last year too, there were some quarterback runs and some things we were doing that opened some things up too. So that, that's kind of the give and take. You know, overall, I think sometimes when you have a lot of long drives, um, you know, it makes it more difficult to score when you're not – you know, hitting explosives or finding ways to, to make it easier on yourself that way. All right. So, yeah, we're going to have a story. Um, open stories we're working on are going to address the run game, the blocking in the loaded boxes, uh, and being able to throw over the top uh, to rack up some folks. But we also talked to Calais Campbell. Uh, he's um, got his 100 sack and is going to be donating some money to all the communities where he's played football at. Uh, he's giving away $150,000 to help out some teachers across the country. He also uh, talked about the team here. Here's Calais Campbell. Yeah, I think it's mostly just, uh, you know, uh, uh, I mean, I've been drawing this up uh, since last year, hoping I was going to get to 100 sacks a lot But, you know, like, you know, I've always you know, felt like giving back was important. And, I, you know, in the communities that I've been in as a player to help me kind of become who I am and, you know, uh, accomplish this, this this goal I had, I wanted to, you know, support those communities. And I feel like the most important way to do that is with the teachers, you know. So, you know, uh, just trying to give back to, you know, the teachers uh, at the level where they can, you know, impact the youth. But it really came down to just kind of, you know, doing something along with getting 100 sacks. So, you know, giving away $100,000, uh, you know, which really turned into $150,000. Oh, somebody matched? <laughs> no, 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 no. Uh, still uh, still from me, but um, I didn't want to leave out the, you know, the places where I grew up. So right. uh, Denver and Miami uh, for, for college, I'm going to look out for schools there too. So uh, it just happened to be. But, uh, you know, uh, uh, it was kind of cool just to, you know, uh, just want to arm the, uh, you know, the communities that supported me, you know, with some, some resources. And I know being a PTA dad, that was a Teachers always need a little extra for supplies. That's kind of what you, you hope. Yeah, 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 yeah. So mainly it would be really to their, to their discretion how they want to use it to, you know, be able to you know, help them teach better. But, you know, um, working with an organization, you know, figuring out, you know, the teachers who, uh, who, um, you know, who, are, who are deserving and then uh, just, you know, arming them. Uh, it's pretty much uh, 25 teachers in, in each in each uh, community, uh, you know, giving them uh, $1,000 each to work towards, um, you know, um, uh, building the classroom, making it better for them to be able to teach the way they need to. And uh, just today, where, where are you all at? Aftermath, you know, clear the air, uh, watch the film, uh, you know, you said probably going to the next level and next yeah. year. Yeah, yeah, you know, I feel like we're, um, you know, you know, you look at it, the big picture, you know, we're even, 500, one game back in the division with a division game coming up, you know, uh, or half game back because they, they had a bye already. Uh, but uh, when you look at the big picture, I mean, we're in a good position. You know, uh, obviously, you know, losing at home is never uh, never pretty, never never, uh, never fun. But, you know, you look at the big picture, we're in a good spot, you know. So it really just comes down to, you know, putting, uh, you know, a stake in the ground and saying, all right, you know, where are we going from here? And, uh, you know, 
I feel like, uh, you know, especially, you know, like, you know, you look in the mirror and say, okay, what can I control? What can I do better? You know, having that mentality amongst all of us. And I think that, uh, you know, when I speak, you know, about like taking the next step, especially defensively, you know, it's saying like, you know, there's too many like little lapses. We're playing great defense, great defense, great defense, but exception of five plays. Well, you know, I, I would like, you know, you know, to make, you know, if it's a, you know, where we're, you know, good coverage or in a good position, it's might just beat you. That's yeah. one thing. That's football. You know, but those five plays are mental laps where we beat ourselves. And, you know, I, I, I want perfection, you know, in those, in those setting, you know, where, you know, where we don't have those mental mistakes and we're doing our job, you know, the way we're supposed to. And if we get beat, we get beat. That's football. But, you know, where we just, you know, improving on those, on those small details, you know, at a higher level. And so, you know, uh, I mean, it'd be crazy to say that, you know, we're not playing good defense, you know, or, you know, not playing as a whole. We're not playing to a certain quality, but we're not playing good enough to win the games. You know, we lost three games, you know, that were, were games I feel like we could have won, you know. And um, and so my mindset is, as uh, you know, just challenging the guys, what can we all do better? What can we each, you know, uh, you know sign our work on and make sure that we're in a position for us to, uh, you know, uh, be able to win the next game, you know, and put ourselves in a position to make a run and, and win a division and go to the playoffs, you know. I mean, at the end of the day, it's, it's a fun game, but it's only one goal, you know. It's only one goal, and, and that goal, you know, is, is well within reach, you know, and all it comes down to is where we go from here in this moment. And also last week, Van Jefferson, the newly acquired wide receiver, he played 22 snaps, uh, 27% of the offensive snaps for the Falcons. He, uh, they all, they tried to hit him on a deep ball and um, just missed it by a little bit. And uh, we wanted to know how the transition was going, how he was working with TJ Yates. And then, um, you know, how's the family getting adjusted after the trade from the Rams to the Falcons? Just got a little, little step, you know, a little, just got a, you know, a little piece of the action a little bit, you know, this, you know, this is coming with me learning and stuff like that. And, um, it was cool to get out there though. Cool to get out there with the guys and, you know, um, you know, uh, just increase my role, you know, as the season keeps going, but, you know, this is a good, good, good to get out there and play with the guys. He said, you know, uh, combination of size, speed, ability to take the top off, uh, and some of the things he thinks you can bring. Can you uh, add to that? Oh yeah, definitely. Um, you know, I think, uh, you know, me and Dez getting the, you know, uh, timing down and stuff like that will be fine, you know, but, um, like I said, it was just great to get out there with the guys and, um, just want to come in and contribute the best way I can and, uh, you know, have fun with the guys while I'm here. Uh, who, how was, uh, Coach TJ Yates and, uh, helping you get ready? Yeah, he's been great so far. You know, we've been meeting extra, you know, to get me up to speed on the playbook and, um, you know, he's been nothing but great and helpful towards me. So, you know, I appreciate him, you know, staying out the hours. I know he has family and stuff like that, but, you know, he's really helping me out and trying to get me up to speed quick. And then how comfortable was it, you know, at least knowing that Kyle Powell was here and he could help you out with yeah. the logistics of moving around the city and locker rooms? Yeah, it was great, man. That's my, he was the, one of the, you know, he's one of my best friends. So having him and, you know, him, you know, showing me around the city and just him being so welcome when I got here, man, it's been been great and I'm excited to be back here with him. All right. How's the family coming out? You got the kids situated with her. <laughs> she said she was upset. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She coming. She, she, uh, she's here right now. So they're touring. They're touring the school right now. You know, we're looking for a house and everything. So, um, you know, I, I'm excited to hear. You know, I love my family. So it's good to have them out here right now. All right, thanks, yes, appreciate it. All right, that's Van Jefferson. He's getting situated here. We're gonna take a break. This is the Bowtie Chronicles from the Atlanta Journal Constitution. Ocean breeze, tropical beach. 
an air freshener can make your car smell like paradise. A drive to Daytona Beach will actually get you there. Beach on. Plan your trip today at DaytonaBeach.com. In Atlanta, one voice has stood out for over four decades. An AJC original, The Monica Pearson Show. Let's talk about how you got to ESPN. Revealing interviews. You are known as America's doctor, but I want to know who you were before that. When you have a different name, you have different color skin, it can be tough. With Atlanta's most famous faces as you've never seen them before. I'm telling my story. This is the American dream. The Monica Pearson Show, streaming now on AJC.com. We're back here at the Bowtie Chronicles podcast, episode 424. But right now, we have a deal for you. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution has a special offer for our podcast listeners. If you subscribe today, you can get six months of unlimited digital access for just 99 cents. That's all of our sports coverage, politics, breaking news, investigations, food and dining, and so much more on AJC.com. Plus, you get access to our e-paper and our assortment of newsletters. So join our community by going to subscribe.ajc.com backslash podcast. Again, that's subscribe.ajc.com backslash podcast. So you always know what's really going on. All right, we have our special guest today, Ira Kaufman. He is the Pro Football Hall of Fame representative for the Tampa Bay area. And he's also the Bucks and NFL columnist for JoeBucksFan.com, longtime columnist for the Tampa Bay Tribune, and noted Hall of Fame selector who's gotten Derek Brooks, Warren Sapp, John Lynch, and Rondé Barber into the Pro Football Hall of Fame in Canton, Ohio. Welcome to the Bowtie Chronicles, Ira. Thanks, my friend. Uh, don't forget Tony Dungy, d Don't forget Tony Dungy. Throw, throw him in the mix, too. Um, and uh, Ed Sable, uh, you know, the creator of NFL Films. He was my very first presentation. Uh, d it's a pleasure uh, to be with the man that Arthur Smith calls on first and foremost during his press conferences. Uh, you and I go back a long way, and uh, I got a lot of respect for the work you do. Well, thank you so much, Ira. I also highly respect you and uh, there to, um, you know, help push John Lynch through from my days of covering him with the Packers and, uh, you know, and to be able to tell the room uh, that Coach Dundee should have been a coach way before 1992. <laughs> Chuck, Chuck, no, my my Cleveland homie uh, um, said in 1978 he should have been uh, he'd be the first black head coach. It just took the owners a long time to <laughs> to get to it. But, but and I had a couple easy ones. I had Brett Favre and Dion. But uh, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm not even giving you any credit for that. <laughs> I got I gotta get credit for Martin Anderson though. It's hard getting the kicker in. Now wait a minute. You might have you got you might push John Abraham across. He's coming up. Yeah, 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 yeah. John's coming up, and I told him this summer that I I thought he was just as worthy as some of these other pass rushers that uh, uh, are coming up. Freeney Mathis, the Marcus Ware got in, and That's so right. um, we got 133 sacks. That's a lot of uh, sacks, and I don't care uh, what the coaches say about affecting the passer. I want to see the quarterback on the ground, and John Abraham. Uh, we need we job. need some more we need some more Falcons in Ken, D led. That's what. Yeah, that's been, right. 
They've been long time uh, underrepresented because there was a backlog. And Lynn Pascarelli told me about the fight over um, Tommy Novus or Claude Humphrey. And then that healed up everybody. So, you know, yeah. uh, Mike Kinn, George Koontz. Um, That's right. That's uh, it's right. A, it's a whole bunch of Falcons that should be in there. And uh, it's going to be hard to push them through. But we're going to keep fighting for those men who uh, put their um, – uh, you know, work out on the football field. But hey, let's get to what we're, you know, this week the Falcons are playing Tampa Bay, three and two, post Tom Brady era. Just give us the, um, the, the, some, some, uh, insight into what Coach Bowles is up against this year with Baker Mayfield as his quarterback. All right, D-Led, the best way I can describe, uh, the mood in, in town, there's, there's a little trouble in paradise. There's a little trouble in paradise. The paradise is, you're three and two. You still lead the division because everybody else lost last weekend along with you. But the troubling news, D-Led, is they've played two good teams, the Eagles and the Lions, and, and they were not competitive uh, either either week. That's troubling for the Buck Nation. D-Led, they, they can't run the football. And this has been a problem for many years. Uh, they've tried different running backs. You know, Leonard Fournette moved on. He's still out there. He's still out there. Nobody picked up Fournette yet. I wouldn't be shocked if they brought him back, D-Led. You know, they were high on this guy, Rashad White. He was a second-round pick. He was okay last year, nothing special. Well, the GM and the coach, you know, Bowles was talking him up as, like, the next Eric Dickerson. And uh, and there he is at three yards a carry, D-Led. I mean, that's just the way things are going. Three yards a carry for the Bucks. Now, if the Falcons do one thing well, D-Led, it's run the football. So this is a very a disparate matchup. You know, the Falcon strength is kind of the buck weakness. Um, and I also want to mention that um, the Lions and the Eagles, who really stymied the buck offense in Baker Mayfield, here comes Atlanta, and correct me if I'm wrong, I, I believe they're fourth in the league in total defense. I mean, that's very impressive. You told me this summer that, the Falcon defense w- was going to make a marked improvement. You didn't tell me how, uh, but it looks like you're right. It looks like you're right. Uh, the problem in Atlanta is the guy under center, and they're not sure about him. Mayfield has been very good uh, in terms of uh, protecting the football. They're plus six in turnover differential. That's another big difference going into this game. The Falcons, uh, the way I looked at it, D-Led, I I checked it out. Tell me if I'm wrong. Since week one, which I think was a very good week in terms of turnover differential for Atlanta, I I think they have one takeaway and 10 turnovers. I mean, you can't win like that. Now the Bucs are plus six, so that's keeping them in games. The Buck defense is pretty darn good. They've got some of the old pieces like Levante David, Devin White, Antoine Winfield's a very good player, Vita Vea. Shaq Barrett. They've got people on that side of the football, but they're getting worn down, D-Led, because the Bucks, you know, they can't run and they're not good in the red zone. So three and two, but it's a little bit of a shaky three and two. Uh, and I'll say this after this Atlanta game, four out of the next five games are on the road. Now, one of them's against the Texans. Uh, a month ago, I would have thought that was a gimme. Uh, that is not a gimme anymore. They're very competitive right now with that rookie quarterback. So, you know, it's not time to panic in in Tampa, but I think they need some help in that backfield, D-Led. No matter who they try, they just can't gain any yards on the ground. 
Yeah, um, no doubt about it. Those are the numbers. Falcons are minus six. Uh, we saw uh, the Eagles pick up Julio Jones today. Maybe the uh, Bucks will go get Fournette. Okay, can you tell us about the rookie Cansey, the defensive uh, lineman that they're saying is a uh, you know a bigger version of Aaron Donald, just because he probably went to Pitt. Well, uh, I think Atlanta fans are going to get a look good look at him Sunday. Um, he got hurt in training camp. He played one half uh, in Week One against Minnesota. He re-injured. He re-injured. Then he didn't play. He didn't play again until the Detroit game, and he played well in the Detroit game. Uh, his forte. He's on the small side. He's not a big guy, but quick off the ball. Quick. If you remember Gerald McCoy, D. led played a long time for the Bucks. He made six Pro Bowls. He was known for a quick getaway, and that's what this Cansey kid is. He can make some plays in the backfield. He had a sack uh, against Jared Goff. So we're going to get a big look at him. I think he's got a very bright future. Okay. And uh, you mentioned some of the defenders. Uh, David, I see he's uh, in his 12th year, he's leading the tackling. Um, but uh, what about uh, Ryan Neal? He was a kid that uh, played, had a cup of coffee here in Atlanta, played a game in 18. Uh, but it looks like he's a starter for the first time now. Well, d uh he, he was on, on fine ground a- until the Detroit game. Uh, Buck fans have turned on him. <laughs> They've turned on him. Okay. Uh, because Goff threw a touchdown pass into the right corner, and it happened to be right over Ryan Neal, and now Buck fans are saying the guy can't play. The guy can't play. Well, you know, anybody anybody in this league gets beat. Yeah. Anybody. You know that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, from the top corners on, on down. Uh, that's just the way the league is now with the rules and how good the receivers are and the quarterbacks. Ryan Neal has not made his mark yet, d I think that's putting it mildly. He mm-hmm. has not. And Buck fans are starting to turn on him. He's going to need a good week against the Falcons. Okay. And um, how has Vita Vea been? He's, I see the numbers on the sacks, but he seems like he's, he seems like he could take over games, but I never really see him see him do that. Well, d the one thing you got to remember about this guy who goes about 350. Mm-hmm. First of all, he led the team in sacks last year, six mm-hmm. and a half. Mm-hmm. It's not a big number, and you really don't want your deep tackle to lead the team in sacks. You know, you want Shaq Barrett to do that, but he missed mm-hmm. half the year with the Achilles. Mm-hmm. Um, the one thing you got to remember uh, about Vita Vea, even when he's not, you know, making plays in the backfield, uh, putting a hit on a quarterback, you know what he does? He he ties up two offensive two. linemen. Okay. He's very rarely single blocked. Mm-hmm. And at the very least, he's opening up opportunities for other people. Um, he's a good player. Uh, he doesn't play more than about 40, 50% of the snaps. I think they're very careful not to overuse him at his size. You don't want to wear him down. Um, but he's, he's one of the better D tackles in this league. Uh, and I, and I think he's going to give Ritter some problems. Now, D led, you got to give me the latest. Uh, I assume Ritter's going to, going to suit up on Sunday and be the guy. I assume. Yeah, he's he's a uh, he's a gamer. Um, he's gonna come back for more. Uh, three picks, <laughs> bad, bad situation. But he, uh, um, you know, the uh, Falcons struggle with the Bucks all the time. Cause if you gotta put the two guys on uh, Vita Vea, that means Devin White and Shaq Barrett got one on ones on the outside. Yeah. And, uh, um, you know, and McGarry's uh, traditionally struggled against elite speed. So, you know, uh, d uh, the, the one thing, you know, you got to give Todd Bowles is this much, uh, d mm-hmm. You know, look, the jury's out. 
uh, for him as a head coach. There's no question about it. Uh, he's mm-hmm. had four straight losing seasons going back to his Jet days. Jet days. But uh-huh. no, nobody, D-Led, nobody questions the guy uh, as a defensive guru. He, he's very smart. He's very sharp. Great at disguising plays. I think he's going to drive Ritter crazy with some of these looks that Ritter thinks they're going to be in one kind of a defensive scheme. And then when the ball mm-hmm. snapped, it's a total illusion and it's something else. And you got to make a snack judgment. And I'll give you an example. Mm-hmm. Last year, Shaq Barrett went down with the Achilles uh, midseason. Now, d he only had three sacks in the first eight games. So it wasn't like he was killing it. But when the mm-hmm. season ended and you look at the totals, you know, the Bucks got 45 sacks again. How does Bowles do it? Well, he sends guys and you don't see him coming. It could be Antoine Winfield. As you mentioned, Devin White has been a very effective blitzer with that speed. Um, so they come from everywhere, corner blitz. And um, you got to be really prepared. Now, Arthur Smith has played the Bucks enough to know. But still, when the bullets fly, that Bulls defense is very difficult to decipher. Yeah, no doubt. And Coach Smith had a lot of great things to say about him. And I remember a game in Arizona where Matt Ryan couldn't figure it out. And, you know, he's mid-career by this point. And, uh, uh, you know, he's with Smitty and Nolan and, and, and those guys at that point. And he threw four picks against um, a Todd Bowles defense. You know, I think he helped Todd Bowles get the Jets job. <laughs> but, you know, yeah, uh, Todd Bowles. <laughs> D-Led, go right ahead. I'll tell you one of the things that's really uh, troubling Buck fans. d tell me what you uh-huh. think about it. That's kind of uh-huh. shocking to hear the coach say it, but – they were coming off a bye week, you know, and, mm-hmm. and, a, and, a big, right. and a big win in New Orleans, which was very impressive mm-hmm. because the following week, you know, New, uh, New, New Orleans beat New England 34-0 the next week. So the Bucks beat them pretty good, you know, 26-9 or something uh, on the road in the Superdome. Mm-hmm. And that's always a tough place to play. Mm-hmm. So D-Led, they're feeling very good about themselves. They, right. got, a week to, they got a week to recuperate and mm-hmm. refresh themselves. And according to Todd Bowles, the word that he used about five times Sunday night after the game, sluggish, sluggish. Mm. I mean, Buck fans don't want to hear that, d They don't want to hear it. So mm-hmm. you get an early bye week, which is not advantageous, obviously, but you got to take mm-hmm. advantage of it and get some of these guys ready. And they come out and they, look, and they don't look ready to play against mm-hmm. the Detroit Lions. So we'll see what Falcon team shows up. Uh, mm-hmm. And what Buck team? But I gotta say, four and two sounds a lot better than three and three if you're a Buck fan. Oh, no doubt, no doubt. Iron the Falcons are kind of at the crossroads for the first time in uh, Arthur Smith's tenure, where they're expected to win, and um, you know things fell apart a little bit last week with the interceptions and the mismanagement down the, at the, uh, the clock at the end. Uh, so, uh, the, so the fans are all in an uproar, and I just told them, hey. It's because they wore those red helmets and those throwback uniforms. <laughs> you know, D-Let, every time I looked at the cameras uh, on Arthur Smith, he, um, he he couldn't control himself on the sideline. Normally, uh-uh. normally he's pretty stoked, right, D-Let? Normally. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, boy, he, he, he was really hacked off uh, a Sunday. Um, mm-hmm. Those turnovers are driving Arthur Smith crazy. And, uh, right. you know, I don't think Desmond Ritter's got a long leash uh, going forward. He, he's got to snap out of this thing. No doubt, because uh, Coach, you know, he's a Joe Gibbs disciple, and they're trying to 
run the ball, play good defense, and not turn it over. And they're doing two of those things uh, kind of okay. And the Bucs uh, the have a new uh, offensive coordinator, Dave Canales. They got him from Seattle. He had been on Pete Carroll's staff for 13 years, D-Led. That's a long time. Um, mm-hmm. It's his first year as a play caller. Well, everybody was mm-hmm. excited. You know, we looked at some of the preseason games. He has got Mayfield running, uh, sprinting right, sprinting left. That was a big change because, you know, Tom Brady was always in the same spot. Everybody mm-hmm. knew where Brady was going to be. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you can't knock Brady because he's the greatest. But last year, to tell you the truth, D-Led, and you saw him, it was obvious. He, he didn't want to get hit, Brady. He just didn't want to get hit, and he wouldn't go through the progressions that you have to go through sometimes, you know, when your first guy's covered. He would just dump the ball and throw it into the ground. He doesn't want to get hit. Well, Mayfield's different. He'll lower a shoulder before going out of bounds and, and try, you know, try to knock the, the linebacker, uh, you know, 20 feet away. Uh, I don't know ultimately if that's a good uh, strategy. But right now, they averaged 18 points a game last year. People buried Byron Leftwich. He was the villain. He was the reason everything fell apart. Well, they replaced him with Canales, and guess what? They're averaging 18 points a game, D-Led. So, you know, there's problems with the Buck offense. There are problems. Well, hey, I, I really appreciate you coming by the Bowtie Chronicles podcast. I know we could, we can, you know, we we can chat for hours about football, and uh, we generally do. I, I assume I'm gonna, I assume I'm gonna see you on Sunday, my man. Yes, you are. I'll be down there fr- uh, Saturday, and uh, we'll fly out. Uh, they got the late flights again now, so I'll be able to get out of there. Oh, that's uh, outstanding. Night. That's outstanding. That's outstanding. That is very, um, very outstanding. If you're nice to me Sunday, I'll uh, I'll treat you to a Cuban sandwich up in the press box. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'll be looking forward to that, Ira. That'd be delicious, I'm sure. You got it. All right. Thanks so much for coming by the Bowtie Chronicles. I'll see you this weekend, buddy. My pleasure. See you Sunday. Well, that was awesome. We got great insight from Ira. Uh, we really appreciate him coming by the Bowtie Chronicles podcast. Thanks for, for coming by. All right. We're going to go over our notes here for the game. Um, our rankings. Ira touched on, on some of the key points here. The Falcons have four units that are in the bottom half of the league, and the Bucks have five. So we'll look at the weaknesses first. The Falcons are uh, 18th. Passing offense, but it doesn't matter because the Bucks' pass defense is 26, so they're even. Falcons are 29th in points, and uh, the Bucks' defense is 25th in points. So you got poor pass offense going against poor pass defense. Now the Falcons' run game is uh, 10th, and um, the Bucks' uh, run defense is 7th. So you got strength against strength and weakness against weakness. When the Falcons' offense are on the field, you got a good running game going against a good run defense and a bad pass game going against bad pass defense. Something's got to get. All right, and the Bucks offensively, you know, they uh, you heard Ira talk about the run game, and uh, Rashad White is averaging 3.3 a carry, but they're 25th in total offense, 29th in rushing, 17th in passing. And the Falcons' defense is fourth overall. 11th in rush and fourth in uh, pass defense, and then 19th in points. So we 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 cover that 
Um, in the Cover 99 blog, we talked to Calais Campbell. He says, hey, we're playing great defense, but we have a lapse every game. You know, we everything but those five lapses, but those lapses are big. They costing them touchdowns. You know, going back to Detroit, uh, Sam Laporta's wide open free for a 45-yard touchdown, blown coverage. Going to uh, the Houston game, game's on the line. And I don't know how you let the tight end sneak up the field for 18-yard touchdown pass. But uh, C.J. Stroud found him. And then, you know, you get the uh, interception uh, against uh, against the Washington Commanders. Then Eric Bieniemy dials up one of those Andy Reid screens and Brian Robinson's truck sticking his way into the end zone. So that's the lapses that uh, he talks about. And that's why the Falcons are playing great defense, fourth in the league in pass and overall, but 19th in points because they have the lapses that are costly and they got to eliminate them moving forward. So that's our uh, tale of the tape of the Falcons and Bucks. And we alluded to this. This is a battle for first place. The um, Bucks are three and two, Falcons three and three, Saints three and three, and Panthers are 0 and six. The uh, point differentials, Bucks are plus two, Falcons minus 21, Saints minus 13, and the Panthers are minus 74. Okay, the Falcons will play at the Bucks, 1 p.m. The Jaguars and Saints play Thursday night at 8 p.m. So we get to do a little NFC-style TV scouting, and the uh, Panthers have a bye week. And uh, last week, everybody lost. The Lions beat the Bucks 20-6. Dolphins beat the Panthers 42-21. And the Texans beat the Saints 22-13. That's our NFC South wrap-up. Uh, just want to go over Baker Mayfield's numbers. And uh, he does have 25 runs, too. So um, you factor that in. Uh, Baker is 106 for 162, 1,085 yards. 65.4% completion rate, seven touchdowns, three interceptions. All right. His uh, career record is 34 and 40. You know, it got ran out of Cleveland when they won the Deshaun Watson Derby. And uh, over his career, 109 touchdown passes and 67 interceptions. So he might throw the Falcons the ball. You want to be half. It's supposed to be two touchdowns to one interception. So if he's got. You know, 100, he should be like in the 50s with his interceptions. 109 should be about 52, 53. But, um, so, yeah, that's why uh, Cleveland gave up on him. Then he played uh, with the Panthers last year and some with the Rams. Was 2-8 and eight, uh, with those teams and has a career 86.8 passer rating. Now, serious history, uh, the Bucks lead 30-29. to 29. This will be the 60th meeting. Falcons won the last game 30-17 on January the 8th. And uh, that that stopped the streak of five straight wins by the Bucks. Now, the Bucks did sit Tom Brady. That's the only time the Falcons beat Tom Brady because uh, he, he started, so he gets the loss in that game. But they, they pulled their starters. They were going to the playoffs. The Falcons were able to win that one 32-17. Defensively, Levante David, we talked about him, and Ryan Neal. Those are two top tacklers. We don't have to bring that up. We talked about Vita Vea, number um, 3.5. Uh, 
Sharp White. Looks like we're good. Receivers. We need to touch on the receivers and special teams. And um, then uh, I got to fix something from the last week's podcast. But um, Goodwin is leading in interceptions with 27, uh, 332 yards, no touchdowns. Uh, Mike Evans, 24 catches, 386 uh, for three touchdowns. And then Rashid. Uh, Rashad White. Okay, I got the pronunciation uh, uh, chart out for him. Rashad White has 16 catches for 98. And then special teams-wise, their kicker is Chase McLaughlin. The punter is Jake Camarda from Georgia, 43.6 net. And the punt returner, kickoff returner is Devin Tompkins. All right, that should have us ready to go for the... Game on Sunday. But I got my special, uh, I got my book. I'll get it signed later. And I messed up last week when talking about my old intern. I, I gave him a new last name. <laughs> but Gene Jocks Taylor is the author of Coach Prime, Deion Sanders, and the Making of Men. He was embedded in the uh, Jackson State program for two years and uh, stayed with Coach Prime and as he went to Colorado. Uh, Coach Dion and uh, J- Jocks was longtime columnist for the Dallas Morning News. He was my intern back when he was at Ohio State. And his book is out, came out last Tuesday, Coach Prime, Dion Sanders and the Making of Men. I got two copies for me and one of my buddies. And we um, I'll get it signed from him later. So Gene Jocks Taylor, go online and order Coach Prime, Dion Sanders and the Making of Men, HarperCollins. Uh, just wanted to get that squared away. I was going off the top of my head, and sometimes that's not a good thing on the podcast. So with that, we got you ready for the Falcons and Bucks. Got a good feel for the team from Ira Kaufman, and uh, he's ha- he's got good uh, sources around the league. If, if Desmond Ritter's on the short lease, he's hearing that from somewhere. So we'll stay on top of that also. Uh, but for now... The three and three Falcons will go to Tampa Bay and take on the three and two Buccaneers. The Falcons are in second place by uh, way of their one and zero division record with the win over the Panthers. A win on Sunday, boom, first place Falcons. Uh, so this is a battle for first place, and you all are ready for the game. Uh, tell your friends to subscribe. Or listen to the podcast wherever they get their podcasts on Apple or Spotify. So with that, we're going to tell you to take care and have a great rest of your week. Ocean breeze, tropical beach, pina colada. You can buy an air freshener to make your car smell like you're in an oceanside paradise. Or better yet, you can point your car toward Daytona Beach and come experience the real thing. Visit DaytonaBeach.com to discover all there is to see, do, and enjoy along the world's most famous beach. Daytona Beach, Florida. Beach on. The AJC's trusted veteran political voices, Greg Bluestein, Patricia Murphy, Tia Mitchell, and Bill Nygut are the essential source for Georgia politics. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution's Politically Georgia. Sign up for the newsletter, download the podcast, subscribe to the AJC.